Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. Well, we're in a short series about freedom in Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that it is for freedom that Jesus set us free. And the Lord Jesus has both the desire and the power and authority to set people free. We talked a couple of weeks ago using Luke chapter 15 as a framework for the stuff that is in our life. All of us have stuff in our life. And we talked about the fact that sometimes we have stuff in our life because of choices and things that we do and have done. And we have stuff in our life because of the choices that other people have made and that they have done in our life. But the Bible also makes it clear that we have stuff in our life because of things that happen in the spiritual realm. Not just things that happen in the physical realm, but things that happen in the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual realm. It was created by God. It is as real as the physical world that he created. The Bible has so much to say about it. And a lot of the stuff that happens to us happens because of the work that is done in the spiritual realm. And what I'm talking about this morning are evil spirits. What I'm talking about this morning is demons. And they cannot be seen, but they are very real. And the Bible is clear from beginning to end that this spiritual realm is very real. And honestly, that is difficult for us. We're flesh and blood. God gave us five senses to experience and interact with the physical world. And we can't use those five senses to interact with the spiritual world. What we can't see is hard for us to grasp. What we can't hear is hard for us to imagine. But I want to give you an analogy this morning. I want to give you an analogy about music. How many of you believe in music? Now, as a Church of Christ person, I've been told many, many times, oh, y'all don't believe in music. (laughs) I believe in music. How many of you hear music right now? There's music in the air right now. It's on waves that I can't see, that right now I can't hear, but there's music in the air right now. How do I experience? How do I interact? How do I hear the music that is in the air? How am I moved deeply by the music that's in the air right now? Well, I have to tune into it. I have to have something old-fashioned called a radio that has an antenna on it. And I have to turn on the radio and I have to tune it in. And when I tune it in, I suddenly hear the music that was already there. Are you with me? Everything that God created in the spiritual realm is there. And it's real. And what happens there impacts our lives. 
And it's to our detriment that we ignore that. For one, the Holy Spirit is active in that spiritual realm. He is alive and He is well and He is moving and He is working in our lives. And and we're taught that it's our spirit that communes with His Spirit. It happens in, in, a, in a realm that I can't see or, or feel or touch or, or taste, but it is real and I have experienced it and I, I long for it and I receive the gift that He has given me in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is real and He is in the spiritual realm. Angels are real. Somehow, and I'm not for sure how this happened, but I still have in the back of my mind this sense that I was taught somewhere that really angels weren't real. Even when we were going on our trip, we stopped in the car and we prayed before we left. And I asked God to send his angels before us to protect us. And the minute those words came out of my mouth, I had this sense from my childhood that I probably shouldn't have said that. But I need to get rid of that lie because angels... What does Hebrews chapter 1 tell us? Angels are created by God as ministering spirits for who? For us. For those who will inherit salvation. How many of you through Jesus Christ fully intend to inherit salvation? Angels in the spiritual realm are ministering spirits to you. They're real. But there's also... Beings in the spiritual realm who are not for us. They are not helping us. They are set against us. Do you know why they're set against us? Because of our testimony. That's what Revelation says. They're set against us because of our testimony about Jesus Christ as the Son of God and as our saving Lord. And Satan is alive and active there. Our, our, our great enemy, along with what I just call his minions, who are just at work with him, who are just doing everything they can to undermine and to, to cause doubt and to cause hurt and to cause anxiety and to cause depression and to cause hurt. And we could just go on and on down the list. Evil spirits, demons, That are real. That are set against us. And I'm talking about this today. Because I believe the church absolutely must become fully aware of what is going on in the spiritual realm. We absolutely must be aware of the authority that Jesus has over the spiritual realm. But we need to be aware of what is going on and the ways that we, church, have been given authority and tools and words that will help those who are enslaved, who are in bondage to those forces in the spiritual realm. Because the further and further that our culture moves away from the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I believe we are seeing and will see more and more the enemy in ways that we are not used to seeing him. In ways that we probably have been guilty of saying, oh, that's the way it used to be, but he doesn't work that way anymore. But the more we move away from Jesus, 
the more chaos we will find, the more hurt we will find, the more damage we will find, and it will be coming from our enemy and from evil forces who we cannot see, but we'll see the impact of them in people's lives around us and maybe even in our own lives. Now, it's going to sound like I'm changing gears, but I'm not. Did you watch the Jets play the Bills last Monday night? If you did, you were probably interested because there had been a lot of hype about Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers after all those years and going to the Jets. And boy, there was a lot of hype and this was going to be a big deal. And what are the Jets going to do? And what was it? Four plays into the game. And Aaron Rodgers is out, not just for the game, but probably for the season. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be really honest with you this morning. I'm going to confess something to you. As a Cowboys fan, there was a little bit of something in me that felt like that was just poetic justice. (laughs) And I even told several people, you know, I don't ever want anybody to get hurt. But boy, did you hear what happened to Aaron Rodgers? Okay, here's why you need to be in a discipling relationship. Because I'm in a discipling relationship with Jerry. And it goes both ways. And I told that to Jerry. And Jerry very gently called me on it. I don't want to gloat over anybody getting hurt. I don't want to be happy for just the stuff that is going on in Aaron Rodgers' life. He's gotten a lot of attention, so I'm going to use him as an example this morning, but I pray that you will hear my heart because I'm not against Aaron Rodgers. I'm for Aaron Rodgers. I'm against the evil forces in the spiritual realm who have so incredibly deceived and blinded that man. I don't know if you pay any attention, but if you have, you've heard that he has embraced a lifestyle of ingesting drugs so that he can commune with the spirits. He even gives credit. I watched an interview. I made sure I was clear on all this stuff. He even gives credit for his MVP seasons to grandmother spirit because she helped him. I'm not making fun of him. I'm not ridiculing him. I'm using him as an example because he's made himself an example of what is going on in our culture, folks. Our culture is promoting this. It is celebrating this. Chad keeps me up to date on what Joe Rogan is doing. Boy, I haven't listened to him, but he is apparently the most popular podcaster in the nation. He embraces this and promotes this. And it's evil. It's evil because it comes from our enemy. And bless Aaron Rodgers' heart. He has been deceived into some lies that are dangerous, not just physically, but they are dangerous spiritually for him and for the many, many, many like him who are embracing and pursuing what they think is help. Apparently, these spirits 
And this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 11 told us was true. They masquerade as angels of light. I've heard from those who've done this that they're your friends. That they love you. In fact, they tell you they love you over and over when you're in these experiences. And they want to help you. I've also heard that at some point they turn on you and you see them as they really are. And it's terrifying. And it's dark. And that's really what it is because God is the only one who is light. In him there is no darkness. Outside of him there is nothing but darkness. And again, bless Aaron Rodgers' heart. He is pursuing it so wholeheartedly that he went and he had a four-day darkness retreat in which he isolated himself in a room that is submerged underground. Everything about this symbolically points to where it's coming from. And he took hallucinogens for four days so he could commune with his spirits. That's the world outside of Jesus. And it just gets darker and it just gets uglier. And that part won't be told. That part won't be promoted. That part won't be celebrated. But it's. It's the real rest of the story. And Jesus came to set people free. Jesus came and overcame those Dark spiritual forces. First John 3, 8 says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That is what he did. That is what he calls his church to do. Even today, especially today. Amen. God got my attention about three years ago. It was the first time that we did Awaken. And I was preparing sermons for that awaken. Specifically, that was out of Luke chapter 9 and chapter 10. But God got my attention in some verses that I have read, that you have read a thousand times. But in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke, and then in Acts, whenever Jesus sends out his disciples and he sends out his disciples. Whenever Jesus sends out his disciples, it happened when it, when it was the 12, it happened when it was the 72, it happened with the church in Acts. Whenever Jesus sends them out, he consistently sends them out to do three things. It's the same three things that he did. He demonstrated for them. He modeled for them. This is what you do. Then he sent them out to do these three things. In Matthew 10, 7 and 8, it is, he sent them out to preach the kingdom. He sent them out to heal diseases. He sent them out to drive out demons. In Mark chapter 6, verse 7 and verse 12, it tells it in hindsight. After he sent them out, he, they preached, they healed the sick, and they drove out evil spirits. It even says specifically they had authority over evil spirits. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it's in a different order, but it's the same three. Drive out evil spirits, cure diseases, 
preach the kingdom of God. And then in Luke chapter 9 is a whole long list of examples of all of that happening. And they come back and they're so excited that it happened. And God got my attention with that verse because he sends out, or those verses, he sends out followers to do three things. Yet in my ministry, I have only always done one of those things. I preach. I love preaching. I am for preaching, for preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. But God got my attention and the question was, Ken, why have you stopped doing what Jesus told you to do? And why has the church stopped doing what Jesus commanded us to do? I recognize right this moment, some of you are as nervous as you can be. It's okay. I'm a little nervous myself. But beyond the why, look at the shape that people around us are in. Look at the darkness people around us are in. Look at the deception people around us are in. When the church has been given something they can do about it, why have we stopped? God got my attention. What that led me to do over the last three years is very diligently study all about this. And in that study, it led me to the Freedom in Christ course, which is what this sermon series is about. To, to ask you to participate in the Freedom in Christ course. Because that course will help identify... Areas in your life where you may have opened the door to some of these evil forces in the spiritual realm. Areas in your life where someone else may have done something that opened the door to these forces in the spiritual realm. And this course will give you biblical, solidly biblical tools to help combat that in your life. And it's not weird, I promise you. It's not weird. There's not something strange going on in that room. There's not a lot of shaking and screaming. Don't, don't, don't let TV and movies paint you the picture of what God can do. It's very normal. It's very healthy. It's very freeing. It's very powerful. And I stand before you today as a witness to that truth. Jesus has both the desire and the authority to set every, every person free. And through some things I learned in April of 2021, Jesus did some work in my life and set me free from some things that had had a hold of me since I was a kid. And so I stand before you today as a witness to what I'm talking about. Jesus, it is for freedom. That Christ has set us free. And it's in the context of what I'm talking about. In the context of experiencing spiritual freedom. That Jesus said a phrase that I've heard all my life. But I hadn't put together that that's where it was said. It's in the context of, of Jesus freeing people. 
that he then said to those who have been freed, freely you've been given. Freely you've received, now freely give. And I I needed to hear that verse this morning to remind me that this is important for us to talk about. Because I've received, and it's important that I give back to you. Because Jesus can set us free. He can change lives. And it's not just the people out in the world who need this. There's people in this very room this morning who need this freedom. Who, again, stuff happens in so many ways, but who, people in this very room this morning, who are influenced by, even in ways they may not fully know, the forces that are in the spiritual realm. You know, it's interesting to me that in Mark... God is the first one who said it. He said at Jesus' baptism, this is my son. But in Mark, do you know who the first being was who proclaimed the lordship of Jesus Christ? It was a demon. And do you know where it happened? In church. In Mark, Jesus goes to a synagogue and he is teaching. And while he's in the synagogue, it says, and one of their number had an evil spirit. And in the face of Jesus, that evil spirit cried out, what do you want with us, son of God? And Jesus said, be quiet, come out. And he did, and they were amazed. Jesus never stopped doing that. And he told his people to go and to do it. He set that man free. And I personally know a church family who has experienced this. I have their permission to tell a story, but I'm not going to use their names. But I know them personally. I was a part of their lives when this happened. When their daughter was only seven years old, she started acting out. What that meant for them was she was was not being herself. She was not behaving in her usual ways. She was angrier. She was more volatile. She was saying things. She was saying things to her family members. Like, I'm going to cut you. Seven years old. I'm going to make you bleed. I'm going to kill you. They were obviously disturbed. They weren't sure what to do with this. They asked her, where did you hear this? Now, she was homeschooled, so they knew it wasn't at school. They knew it wasn't in their house. They knew they were very careful about what they let her watch on TV. They said, where did you hear this? And she very innocently told them, and I don't want to say the name because I don't want to say the name of anyone opposed to Jesus, but she very innocently told them a name. It's not a name we've ever heard. It's a strange name. And they said, who is that? And she said, He comes to me at night and he sits on my bed and he talks to me. He's the one who told me that. Now they're even more disturbed, more concerned, not sure in any way what to do because they thought people would think that they were crazy, but they believed her because they had seen what was going on in her life. And she was so honest and sincere about it. Her attitude got worse and worse. Her schoolwork began to decline. And so they came to a trusted friend, Christian leader. 
and ask him, have you ever heard of anything like this? What do you think we should do? And he went to their house and he prayed over their house. He prayed over their family. He prayed over their daughter. And things got better. They didn't completely go away, but they got better. And over time, it happened less and less often. Although they still saw glimpses of that behavior. Three years later, the church they were part of brought in a speaker to talk about spiritual warfare. And so they brought up with him the conversations that were happening in that had happened in their home. And, and, and so they asked their daughter after that, do you remember anything about that time? Do you remember that bad spirit? Do you remember when the preacher came and prayed? And she said, oh, yes, I remember. And after the preacher prayed and she named him again, that that spirit couldn't talk. He still came, but he couldn't talk. And she said, so he started paying less attention to me and he started going across the room to my sister. And she said, that's when I got mad. And I told him, you leave her alone and you don't come back here anymore. And she said, mama and daddy, he's never come back since. I don't know what you do with that story. I don't know what category you put that story into. I don't know how you deal with that story. But that's a family in church. And yet somehow the enemy had gotten a foothold. And there's people here today who he has a foothold in your life. Could have happened in a lot of ways. But his influence is great. He's dragging you down. He's wearing you out. He's keeping you in bondage. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ can set you free. He can set you free. And I really do believe this course can help. Give you a framework and give you some tools. Not all of your stuff comes from the enemy. Again, some of it comes from other people. Some of it comes from ourselves. But a lot of it does. And it's something we just haven't dealt with very much. And I think it's time we deal with it. I think it's absolutely time the church must deal with it. Because this stuff is real. And our enemy is real. And the Lord Jesus is real. And he is the king of the universe. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the Lord of your life. He is the Lord over every created being, whether it is in the physical realm or whether it is in the spiritual realm. And he has the desire and he has the authority to set people free. And I, for one, want to start doing something about it. Because our church, our nation, our culture, our children... Need it more now than they ever have in my lifetime. Okay, Satan has been defeated. Jesus did that on the cross. You know that, right? Satan has been defeated. Jesus did that on the cross. His work doesn't need our help. He's the one, he's the only one who can who has, who will continue to defeat the enemy. But 
Our enemy is a serpent. Have you ever killed a snake? Once you kill that snake, you still got to be careful. I've killed some snakes at my place. And they wiggle around and they writhe around for longer than you would expect after you have cut their head off. Exactly. Okay, Alice Joy told this story to the ladies class this summer. If I don't get every detail right, you get the point of this story, okay? This is important. Because if Jesus has come and died and destroyed the works of the devil, why are we still dealing with this? And why must the church still deal with this? Here's why. Alice Joy tells this story. This happened on the mission field. I don't know if it happened to someone she knew or not. It didn't, but it happened on the mission field where they were. And apparently a very large snake invaded the home of these missionaries. I don't know how big this snake is. In my mind, it's big. It was big enough that they were freaked out. And they left their home. And they could not go back in. And they found someone who was willing to go in and kill the snake. And he went in and he... I I would not want to see this. In some ways I'd want to see this, but I really wouldn't want to see this. Somehow he went in and he cut the head off this very large snake that had, had invaded their home. But he came out and he said, and this is the important part spiritually. He said, I have cut the head of the snake off, but the snake doesn't yet know it. And he is going to writhe around in there. And he's going to cause more damage now than he has been causing. And there's going to be blood and guts and gore all over your house. So don't go back in just yet. Are you with me spiritually? Jesus has cut the head of the snake off. He just doesn't know it yet. And in the meantime, until Jesus comes, he's going to writhe around and he's going to squirm around and he's going to leave a mess everywhere he goes. And based on scripture, it's going to get worse toward the end than it is at the beginning. And so church, Jesus came to set people free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. He has the desire. He has the power. To break the chains. To open eyes and give sight. To clear minds so that they think clearly and soberly. To see. Jesus. Wasn't sure how I was going to end this sermon. I don't guess I'm still sure how I'm going to end this sermon. I don't know really how you're going to end this sermon. 
I don't know what you're going to do with this. Again, I've had three years to study this. Some of you know about this stuff. Some of you are like, I wish he wouldn't talk about that. Some of you, Ken's gotten weird on us. But I'm just telling you, I look around and I see more and more and more. The devil rearing his ugly head in ways that we really haven't seen. That we really have said, well, that just doesn't happen anymore. Well, it does. And he still happens and Jesus still happens. And his power has never been diminished. His work has never ceased. And as a church, for the sake of a lost and dying world, I just think we've got to embrace it. I hope you will. And I hope if if it's something you need to embrace in your own life, that you will. If it's something that someone you love needs to deal with, I hope that they will. I open myself up to you for you to come and talk to me. What I really thought was, okay, Jerry and Lisa are going to be in this room if you'd like to talk to them after this. I really am open to you to, for you to come talk to me. You can come and talk to me and say, Ken, I don't agree with the words you said. And I wish you'd stop saying it. I'll talk to you about that. And say, Ken, you just talked about some things I haven't, I don't even know anything about. How, what, what can I do? How can I learn more about it? You may come talk to me and say, Ken, I know exactly what you're talking about and I need help. And I'm telling you again, it's not going to be weird, but it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be powerful because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Next week, I'm going to interview Jury. She went through this course last year along with a couple others. She's got a story to tell. A story that will praise the Lord Jesus. She'll be a witness to what he does. I want that for all of us. I want that for Aaron Rodgers. I want that for every person who's in bondage. I'm learning. I think we can learn some tools that will help. So that we can go and do all the things that Jesus told us to go and do. Let's pray. Then we're going to sing a really good song. Build your kingdom here. I like the music. I believe in music. But I love the words of that song. And I hope when you sing it, you'll make them your words. Let's pray and then let's sing. Then I'll be available afterwards. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for all that you have done in my life. I thank you for all the work that you are constantly doing in in the lives of every person on this planet. Jesus said you never stop working, Father. And I believe it. And I want to be a part of it. As a church, we want to be a part of it. So I ask you to teach us what you need to teach us. Show us what you need to show us. Remind us of what you need to remind us of. Come to us, Lord. Speak to us 
in our spirits. Raise up witnesses who give testimony and continue, Lord Jesus, in us to be a church who's preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and casting out the demons so that more and more and more and more people will be free. So I ask for that. I ask you to build your kingdom here. In Jesus' name, amen.